0: This week on The Roommates Podcast. That shit is whack to me. You know why it's whack to me? Because you're really going to make a bunch of these young kids want to kill themselves. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. If I'm 14 years old right now, and I already see this picture of perfection being painted on social media that we know ain't real, mm. and then in real life, nobody is sharing their past bullshit for fear that they're going to have you know, repercussions and consequences for it now. Mm -hmm. Like we're not, we're afraid to say what we used to do or how we used to think because we're going to get punished for it now. When I'm, if I'm 14 and I make that first mistake, I'm going to think, well, shit, I ain't perfect. I'm I'm not supposed to be.
1: What's good, America? It's your boy Hafiz. Chris are starting the show, baby. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Roommates Podcast—a late-night conversation taking you. You, 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 indeed, the listener behind the scenes of Becoming. <laughs> yeah, add a little sauce I to see, that. I see, I <laughs> see. Feature all the interesting people, perspectives, and conversation you experience on the way. Also. Also known as the best hour of your week where you are. Entertain like a stand-up. Educate like a TED Talk and. Enlighten like a sermon, baby. And remember, guys, you know how we do it. We just went ahead and added the YouTube edition. So if you've been checking it out via SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, we also got the podcast available on YouTube. So go ahead to YouTube.com slash The Room. Podcast one more time. That's YouTube.com/slash the Roommates Podcast, and, and y'all
2: better watch the like these cameras are not cheap. All right? Looking into this camera. This camera calls a month's rent, right? Now. This one.
1: <laughs> and then also, guys, if you listen to it on YouTube, you about to go ahead and head to work. You can go ahead and got to do some groceries, got to do some shopping, whatever that may be.
2: <laughs> groceries and shopping.
1: Okay. Yeah, you can, th- you can go to the mall for shopping, then you can go to Kroger or Walmart for groceries. <sighs> And you want to check out the podcast via audio, go ahead and check us out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, all that good stuff. And Chris. Yes. Yo, we're back in New York City. Yeah, we are. We're back in New York City and we got a new roommate that we're going to bring into the show.
2: You know, God is real. (laughs) We've
1: been talking about this for a long time. We've been talking about it for a long time.
2: This is the person we have strived to, you know, have on the
1: show. Most definitely. And we're here. So without further ado, guys, please, please, please welcome to the show, the one, the only our guy, your favorite person, Charlemagne <laughs> the Yo! What's, what's happening? Yo, I like how you just turned on <laughs> like a like a sleeping bear. That's what I'm
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yo, what's good? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored, man. What's was cracking?
1: Man, just in New York again. We're from Houston. Okay. Yes, yes, so yes, we're sir. checking out the the big apple.
0: Yes. How y'all like New York? It's different.
2: It's different. I can't get in my car and you know what I mean, go somewhere. I was born in Staten
1: Island though, so it is what it is. For real,
0: yeah. So I'm from South Carolina, so I understand. I understand the culture shock of moving to a big city because I didn't move here till 2006. Oh, mm. so I was grown. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I was what 27. I don't. I don't even remember. 26, 27 when I moved here in 2006. So I was a grown ass man. So it was a complete culture shock. I mean, even just learning the transportation, you know, how yeah. to get on the bus, to get on the trains yeah. and all of that shit like that. Yeah, yeah we got I,
2: lost last night. We, had, we went on an adventure. Y'all got on the
0: train? Yeah. See, I don't fuck with the trains no more because they said the next terrorist attack was going to be on the train. Who said Who that? They've been saying that for years, Who's ever they? since Who 9-11. That's... Oh, you like, mean the media, like, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't like getting underground because imagine that being stuck underground when it's a fucking terrorist attack. <laughs> yeah. Hell no.
1: Got <laughs> I mean, to call Master Splinter to help you out, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mozef, man, you got a third kid?
0: Third daughter, man. You know I was a hoe in a past life. Yeah. Okay. So so when you're when you're when you're a hoe in a past life, you know you get uh, the, the gift of of daughters. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You have to stare all that karma in your in the face. You That's know real. what I'm saying? So now I gotta protect my three girls from uh, guys that think the way I used to think. Gotcha. You understand what so I'm saying? So if it was like a virgin
2: to marriage, you get like, you know, twin boys or
1: something?
0: You
2: know <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a good
0: question. That's a good question because I got a lot of homeboys who I know are bigger hoes than me. Yeah. And they got boys. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But you know what's crazy? I don't mind having all girls because I, I genuinely get along with women more than I get along with men. Mm. Mm. Like genuinely. Like Why most, is that so? I have no idea. Like most of my homegirls, like, my close friends are women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just, I like I like working with women more than mm-hmm. I like working with guys. I don't know why. I don't know why Maybe that because is. because you're
2: a good listener. I wrote the book. Mm. <laughs> you right.
0: You're right. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible because I'm a good listener. But, you know, women are just more organized. Yeah. True. Women get things done. You know what yeah. I saying? I think a lot of times when it's men, you know, it's a lot of ego involved, a lot of mm-hmm. testosterone involved. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's hard for a, a man to take direction from another man because like, like, water. Yeah, you feel like a guy trying to son him or some yeah, shit yeah, like that. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I just like working with women better. Most I like working best. with women and for women better. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. That's interesting because I've I've seen that like in the videos that I've seen of you. Like there's a mm-hmm. certain touch you have with women and there's a certain heavy hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't make it sound like I'm a pimp.
1: <laughs> no, with men, with men, heavy hand with men. Gotcha. So I'm saying like you have a like Remember my homie Cortez. I do know he Cortez. reminds me a lot about Cortez. Like when he, I feel like when he's around women, I seen Charlotte kind of the same way. He's like in his natural element. Mm. You know what I mean? Like and he just he just calm. He feels safer. I don't know if I'm just speculating right here, but I feel uh, I've seen that. Maybe because
2: all them fights he used to get into, get slapped around. Or you know I
1: mean? Maybe <laughs> it's <laughs> possible. Wild, yeah. You
0: know what I'm saying? I, it's weird that you say that though, because I, I get I get people say the other the other side. Well, I guess oh, wow. it, I guess it depends what version of Charlemagne. You, you you looking at. You know what I'm saying? That's the problem with the internet. The internet has all these moments that are frozen in time. So That's you true. might Google Charlemagne the God and then you might be watching something from 2010 to yeah. maybe like 2013. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's when I had a whole other face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Shout out to
0: Natasha Sandy. To, to Dr. Natasha Sandy. So yeah. it's like, you know, that, that's when they used to say I was very hard on on women, yeah. you know what I mean and you know for me, I had to take a, a step back and just listen to like what a lot of my sisters were saying, that's you know what true. I mean listen to what a lot of my homegirls were saying about my approach when it came to talking to, to, to certain women. So you know that was a that's an intentional thing like, you know what? Let me have a gentler kind of yeah. approach with with the ladies.
1: and my favorite so, thing my favorite thing to see in your life is the evolution. You know, because I think something that you talked about previously in the past is how hip hop doesn't grow up. Right. Mm-hmm. And how especially for a lot of young black men or just black men in general, there seems to be a perpetual state of childhood yeah. or, or adolescence in which there's no development. Right. You hear them that at 20, 30, 40, 50, they're talking the same the thing, same having angle. the same conversation. The same but with angle. you, I've seen I've literally, like I said, I, I probably started like checking you out maybe like five years ago, mm-hmm. probably four or five years about four years ago when I really started seeing you and I've literally seen a night and day difference, you what? know? And like that to me is the Thank most you. that's the most encouraging thing because as a you know, as a young adult in my twenties, I don't want people to say, oh, at forty, you're the same, you're making the yeah. same mistake. You're still you're still wild now. You're still doing this and that. But with you, I've seen a, a evolution. And that's what it will get into the book even more. But like that's what I see the theme of your life recently to evolution.
0: Well, you know, that's Muhammad Ali said. The man at 50 who is still thinking the way he did at 30 has wasted 20 years of his life. Exactly. You know, and I don't like wasting time. You know that's what I mean? And, and like life is all about growth and all about evolution. Every great story that I ever read that inspired me was a person who used to be one way, and then they evolved into something else. Malcolm you know what I'm Little, saying? Malcolm X. Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. That's like, real. you know, that the, the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Like, that's, that's the beauty of life. That's why I think I always gravitated towards the nation of Islam, because they were all about the, the transformation of men. You know yes, what I'm saying? Real. Like, like they never would throw anybody away. I mean, they used to get brothers out of the prison that had committed murders, you know what I'm saying? Like stone cold killers and change them, you know what I mean? And so I've always gravitated towards the NOI because of that reason. Cause I feel like none of us are, none of us are above transformation. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't never judge somebody for who they were 10, 15 years ago. Like, look who they are now. Imagine if we were still judging Gucci man by (laughs) who he (laughs) was 15 years ago, That's real. you know what I'm saying? And I even like <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: But even to that point, even like some of like the evangelical Christians. Um, who at time come heavy handed with people with the past transgressions yep. the person who wrote the majority of the New Testament Paul Man. was once Saul yep. you know what I mean so there's always been space for I'll evolution break that down for me I didn't know that one so oh okay. we go <laughs> yeah, you ready for this yeah Paul, Saul so yes, sir. In, the, in the New Testament right we have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John the that's the, that's a gospel that's telling the story about Jesus' life okay. then you have Acts yep. Acts stands for the actions of the apostles yep. it's like the fifth book in the New Testament Okay. and it tells about the apostles' life after Jesus resurrected so there was so there was a lot of persecution Because mm-hmm. people were like Yo you're blaspheming You're talking about This guy as God So everybody was trying To uh, kill the apostles yep. And there was this one guy His name was Saul the worst of them all. He was the worst of them all. So long story short, Jesus, like if Batman's enemy was Joker, Jesus's enemies was the Pharisees. Yep. They were like the religious leaders who thought everybody, that they were more righteous than everybody else. Yep. Gotcha. So Saul was kind of like the, the next up in the Pharisee group, right? Mm-hmm. He was like going to be the next big guy. So he was going around, like literally grabbing people from the church, throwing them in jail. Seeing them murdered. Yep. Wow. So so he was just, and everybody feared him, right? And that's when you have that that whole idea of the road to Damascus, because when Paul was on the road to Damascus one day, right, the light hit him, knocked him off, and said, Yo, I'm I'm Jesus of Nazareth. You're the one who, uh, you uh, you were persecuting me. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. Revealed himself to Paul. Paul had that supernatural experience with God transformed his life and then he went on his missionary journeys mm-hmm. so all the rest of the books in the new testament the book of romans yep. book of corinthians ephesians yep. galatians all these all books good. are written by paul to the churches after he got transformed
0: wow you know so like
1: literally like he wrote about 70% of the new testament yep. most wow. most christian theology mm-hmm. is founded by paul, by paul and the and the, the thing about it was he had that night and day transformation yeah. i and never this, knew that there's always space to grow i'm going to research that research it man i never knew that yeah, yeah.
0: Nah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's so funny if if we live in this era now uh, of social media, if Paul was a real person, oh no, you know what I'm no, saying? They wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let Paul be they Paul. They'd be like, oh hell no! Remember when you was saw the yeah, worst of yeah, them
1: yeah. all? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, that's real. That's real. But uh, but not we. Like I said, man, we really wanted to bring you on the on the show. We love bringing in man, different come people. Yeah, get to relax, yeah, cool. Love bringing different people to have conversations. You and to,
2: yeah, we gotta you gotta oh yeah what oh, yeah, we a curious on frame frame we ain't man. got to be adjusting cameras <laughs> you gotta make up your mind.
1: Yeah um so one of the, the big ideas is that we a couple months ago we did a film on mental health right mm-hmm. and the idea behind the film was we want to have this conversation because for a lot of black men they're not comfortable sharing talking about mental health and issues with difficulties with it. And yeah. know what's funny? The main character of the film, I would even think about it, but Raheem is just like Charlemagne.
2: I, re- I relate to Raheem a lot, too. And
1: it's because real. the main character of the film is this guy named Raheem who, to the outside looking in, has everything together. Yep. You know, got the family, got the career, got, got the, the girls, happiness, got the money, got everything together. But then when nobody else is looking, he has these demons inside of him. Which, and to him, his issue was with depression. And it was mm-hmm. a voices in his head telling him he wasn't good enough, similar to what you talk about in the book with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the movie's all about how, in one light, everybody sees Raheem as perfect everything's together but he's really struggling and reading your new book shook ones guys if you if you got ten dollars right now you need to pause this podcast yeah, and go ahead and get charlamagne's yes, new sir. book Thank because you. I man i'm that. telling you right now it's a, new york, it's, a
0: little more than ten dollars but okay
1: 12 I'm, they got it <laughs> <laughs> you can see this you got 12 yeah so it's gonna be a new york times bestseller again man we're super excited man i just it's gonna be a blessing you for a lot of people but one of the things in the book i feel like it's kind of like looking behind the curtain of Oz Mm. of your life right Mm. because everyone sees you as one thing but you're like well in reality all these the reason why you saw this and this personality or this jokes or or these comments was really because deep down I was dealing with this Mm -hmm. and I feel like what our film was kind of expressing that idea as well so Man, I really want to come, come to you, chop it up about your book, man. And I just feel like it's a dope conversation to go into the culture that's really going to transform a lot of people's lives.
0: Yeah, man, you know, that's what I'm really trying to do with this book. I'm trying to just elevate, you know, the, the, elevate the conversation about mental health in our community. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's such a stigma around, you know, being mentally healthy. And I think a lot of times when you're young, they don't teach you about mental health. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what the fucking guidance counselor does and did in my school. No, that's right. it's
2: a person you can go see if you want to get out of class. Yeah, that's it. Like,
0: (laughs) ain't nobody sitting there trying to talk to you about your feelings. And I mean, shit, to be honest with you, I wasn't in tune with my feelings until probably like the past few years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I always knew I felt things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a sociopath. You know what (laughs) I'm saying? Like, I have have empathy for people. uh, You know, I know when I do something... Wrong, You know what I mean? I'm wondering why I offended certain people, but, you know, going to therapy, like, really made me just, really made me figure out why I feel the way I feel. Like, I think it's a difference between being transparent and being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a transparent person. Like, I could tell you a story. Yeah. yeah. But now I can tell you how that story made me feel. You know what I'm saying? Or what the feelings were behind that story. Yeah.
2: yeah, And also I think The the message of the The short film And also your book as well Is that like you have to Check on people mm. 100% you have, you have to really Because in my mind I, I heard this from somewhere um, You're supposed to li- Live like a cross life You know You're supposed mm-hmm. to have Somebody that That you go to That you want to That leads you Like Krishna for In my life
1: Like so, a mentor Like a mentor yeah. Person
2: It could be You know Business wise you could be spiritual wise Whatever and then you have people that's alongside of you, your brothers, peers? you know, your peers that you can talk to, they can be vulnerable with. Then also you got people behind you, Mentees. people that you're mentoring that you want to lead as well. If you have all three of those phases, like, to me, you are, you know, in the right path to, you know, being transformed.
0: Yeah, you know, that's I think that's one of the reasons I never, like, bugged out early on in my life because... I always had mentors, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a father. Like, my father wasn't the most perfect man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But he was a good father. You know, mm-hmm. he really kept his foot in my ass. Yeah. And then I had, like, mentors like my my man, Dr. Robert Evans, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, You know, I met the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in 2005, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember him, you know, calling me back to his hotel room because we had a— uh, it was like a press junket, and it was like the 10-year anniversary of the million— man march so he had like this press junket and i was at the press junket because i used to do youth ministry for muhammad mars number 38 and i remember you know just yo know, right out the gate first two questions me yeah because i didn't know i'm gonna get a chance to meet this this great man again you know because because that's what i was raised on i was raised on the honorable elijah muhammad i was raised on malcolm x mr frack those are the things my father used to give me the autobiography of malcolm x message to the black man by elijah muhammad like that's the stuff that i was into and, you know, he was like, yo, man, um, I'm going to let you. He didn't say yo, man, but he was like, I'm, like, 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 <laughs> like, I'm going to let you, know, I want you to come back to my uh, my my suite yeah. when this is over. Don't even ask me no more questions. I'm like, all right. Mm. And they called me back this Yeah. And, like, me and him got to chop it up some more. I got that. I got my man DJ Chuck T has that on audio somewhere. But he just told me, like, you know, you are more than what you appear to be to other people. Mm. He told me that. And he was like, you know, I want to give all the wisdom that Allah has given me to to you. So, That's you know. Real. You can, you can help raise the next generation. So I've always had great people that I can lean on. You know what I'm saying? I've always had great people that I can build with, great people that I can talk to mm-hmm. in order to, like, just not bug out. That's true. You know?
2: Yeah, because it must be hard not to bug out because I feel like your life is a fishbowl. Everybody's watching you all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's worse as a uh, celebrity rises. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you keep writing books, this game since Yeah, but I mean, I I feel like the books are therapeutic. Yeah, You know, Uh, I I have to write, like, you know, Black Privilege, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Created, that was, like, the first 40 years of my life. Yeah. You know, like, that was just me dumping out all that baggage of the first 40 years. Like, here, here's every story, here's anything that you need to know about me, want to know about me, never heard about me here. Yeah. Here, here. And if you it's not much that you've never heard, you have probably never heard it in the detail that it was mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. And so you know with the with the book shook one, it's me now. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. 40, father of 3. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh successful. Yeah. You know, that's this is what I'm going through right now. And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't change any of this for the world. Yes, you know man. what I'm saying? You got to take the good you know, with the bad of, of 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 everything, but like you said, yeah, it does it does increase with social media and mm-hmm. like everybody just always constantly attacking you. Like we're in a fucking abusive relationship with our motherfucking smartphone. That's yeah. real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like think about it. You would never go home every day and let somebody yell at you, scream at you, curse yeah. at you, yeah. tell you that you day. ain't shit, yeah. tell you that you wanna die. You'd yeah. been cut people like that out of yeah. your life. That's real. We log into this shit every day. Mm. To get that kind of information, that's yeah. crazy. You know what I'm saying? To, yeah. to take that abuse, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, yeah, yo, I don't give a fuck who you are. That shit will wear on you, bro. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, with the book, one of the things that you go ahead and jump into immediately is that one of the issues is there's a there's a stigma when it comes to mental health in the black community, especially black men, especially with black men. And one of the things that, like, I'm hearing you say right now is that what you were able to do in the book is you were able to unpack so much of the hurt, right? So much of what you were dealing with, so much which that you were processing that you couldn't get out. But for a lot of people, they use drugs, they use women, they use liquor to 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 deal with those issues. But for you, it's like the book and plus therapy was your way of getting help.
0: Well, everything you just named, I used to deal with it back in the day. Exactly. Because like anxiety, not new for me. I mean, yeah. the first time I got diagnosed with anxiety was 10 years ago. So but, for
1: people, I'm sorry for cutting you off mm-hmm. from Charlotte. For people who don't know what anxiety is, how would you define anxiety?
0: I would define anxiety as irrational or rational fears. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a rational fear is, um, you know, I, like parental paranoia. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you got to send your daughter off to school, your daughter's off at cheerleading, you know, cheerleading practice, you know what I'm saying? When she's not around you, like, in my mind, you'll have all of these things that go through your mind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you worry about the world, yeah. you know, when it comes to your kids, you know what I'm saying? Irrational fears are like, you know, you just sitting around right now. i give you an example. Last week I had a panic attack because Angela e. reported this story about human trafficking. Mm-hmm. I think it was some they found a bunch of girls in Michigan or some shit like that. And then I was looking on social media and I saw, you know, Mad Skills uh, posted up something about some human trafficking going on in Virginia. So automatically I started thinking about my daughter and, you know, oh, she's going to school today. And like it just turned into something else. So I had to go sit down take a deep breath and just get myself together. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that was like a little light panic attack. So those are irrational fears. You know what I mean? Not saying that that stuff can't happen, Yeah, but you know, like like irrational fear is like uh what's another irrational fear? Like like when um the, the, in Austin, Texas, you know the it, little bombs? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It was doing South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah, FedEx yeah, yeah. was delivering yeah. packages to yeah. people's houses and the bombs were going off. And we all the way in Jersey. Yeah. But yeah. in my mind, I'm like, yo, don't touch nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Any the package that come in, to the yeah. house, yeah. don't touch nothing. Leave yeah. it all alone. So, you know, those are that that's what anxiety is to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Irrational fears, you know, that you that you just can't even fathom why you're thinking the things that you're thinking. You know what I mean? And they really do shake you to your core. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think one of the things I I definitely like that you talked about was just like the idea of, especially in our black community, that people don't like going to therapy, especially when you have church, when you have your guy, when you're supposed to go pray to Jesus, God would take care of it. And you kind of attack that idea of like, Therapy is another way that you can use that wisdom and knowledge that people gain. You can be Christian therapists, and therefore you can allow that therapist and your prayers and God to really help you out as well, rather yeah. than just ignoring the therapist.
0: Yeah, sometimes you might pray, and God might tell you to go see a therapist. Yeah, Look, You know what I'm saying? God yeah. had been sending me signs and signals in my life to go see a therapist for the past couple years now. You mm-hmm. know what The I mean? past few years, really. Because mm-hmm. it would be different people that I would talk to, and they would tell me, what they go to therapy for, you know? what I'm saying some people went through it for CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, or some people they they would just unpack. They would just tell me why they go to therapy, and mm-hmm. I was like just listening, just listening, yeah, yeah, just yeah. listening. And then you know, finally, my wife was like, "Yo, just go." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like what you what you playing around with it for? Just yeah. go. And so. describe
2: to people how like that that first initial experience is. Like, were you nervous? Like, is it something that was like it's like a doctor's office? Cause I never
0: been to therapy. I don't know what to expect therapy feel like this interview. Yeah. You know, just a little bit more intimate. And you know, for me, I'm a natural. No cameras.
1: No cameras. (laughs) You know,
0: for me, I'm a natural conversationalist anyway. So it's nothing for me to talk. It's just about where do you want to start? And that's what most therapists will say to you. Like, where do you want to start? You know, what's bothering you? Like, you know, what are you here for? Basically, you know, so, it's just a conversation. Like, it's literally just a conversation between two people. And I think, man, we don't spend enough time listening to each other no more. Mm. You know, everybody nowadays listens with the intent to reply, not not to understand. So it's good to sit there and have a captive audience of a person that's really trying to understand you. That's right. You know, and that's one reason I picked a white woman therapist, because... You know, at first I wanted an Asian woman. And the reason I wanted an Asian woman is because I wanted somebody who could not relate to my experiences at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not on a personal level or a professional level. Like, I didn't want nobody who had the same biases that I may have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, our, our looks at the world somewhat through the same lens as me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I wanted to talk to somebody who just had a, a, a blank canvas about the whole situation. And, like, you know, they could just give me advice based off what they're hearing me talk about. Mm-hmm. Just
1: to that, to that point about therapy, I was thinking about it like, it's, Charlamagne made it sound really simple that it's simply a conversation that you have with another person. You know, you get to have the intimate moment, have the intimate conversation with another person. If, is that, is
2: that, was that a similar experience uh, when you went? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I like, to me, like, during the podcast, is my therapy. Well, well, Let's, let's hold let's hold that real quick but cuz I think the point that I'm thinking about is if it's that if it's that simple and that basic why are people afraid of doing it?
0: Um I think cuz of the stigma around mental health cuz I think that they think if they're sitting down talking with a therapist something is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they think that sitting down talking with a therapist is uh is letting everybody know that yo you 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 may not have it all together which is stupid as hell to yeah. me because you got You know, you can get a trainer for your your body, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, you can have somebody to do your lawn, you know what I'm saying, you got somebody to go get your manicures and pedicures from, we all got a barber, you know what I'm saying, we got a regular medical doctor to check our physical health, why wouldn't we be checking in with a therapist, our brain is the most important thing, your thoughts become things man, Mm -hmm. if you got a bunch of junk up here, you got to get that shit out, that's the most scary thing to me about anxiety the fact that I do believe in the secret, I do believe in the law of attraction, I do believe that your thoughts become things, right? So mm-hmm. if I believe all of that, if my mind is cluttered with a bunch of negative thoughts of thinking the, the worst can happen, like I gotta get that shit out because I know how powerful my brain is. Mm-hmm. Because if I can, everything in my life right now, I've manifested. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in my life I did not manifest. Nothing,
1: mm-hmm. I promise you. So what, so what do you mean by that? Explain that to the people
0: nationally syndicated radio show? That's real. I'm from South Carolina, market number 98. What reason would I ever have to believe that I could be the, one of the biggest multimedia personalities on the planet? What, what reason would I ever have to believe that I could take over New York one day? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? As far as radio is concerned. Like, I always felt that way. Not, not When I remember being doing radio at Z93 Jams in Charleston, South Carolina, doing overnights and saying to myself, yo, if I'm going to do radio, I want to do it on the level of these people. And I was yeah. talking about the Howard Stearns the star in Buck Wilds at the time, the Angie Martinez, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Doug Banks, Tom Joyner. Like, I was yeah. looking at those guys as like the bar. And they, yeah. they are the bar, you know what I'm saying? But I knew that I could do radio on that level. I didn't want to just be another announcer doing Time and Temperature, you know what I'm saying? Time I and Temperature is crazy. <laughs> time and Temperature is crazy. Yeah, yeah, Introducing yeah. the new Drake record. No. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying? I wanted to really give it up. Like, yeah. so and be one of those guys, guys. And I knew I could be. But what reason did I have to think that other than it was here? Like mm. it was a seed planted in me from somewhere that let me know this is my path. Like mm. writing books. Like I knew that I was going to be a New York Times bestselling author. You know what I mean? Like I knew, I, I grew up reading books. So I understand the transformative power of books. Yeah. You know, having my own late night talk show. I've done that and we'll do it again on a much larger level. I did that with MTV2 with Charlemagne and Friends and Uncommon Sense. But I'm going to do that again on a much larger level very very soon oh, you know what I'm about saying about to make an announcement that's what's about that I mean soon very yeah. very soon yeah. all that's gonna happen right here you <laughs> know <laughs> executive producing television shows you know films yeah. writing like I, I writing scripts like I knew I was gonna to be doing all of that like this is what I have manifested for myself and yeah. like you know now my goal is to really just use my platform to change the world to be that's honest true. with you like I don't even All of those goals are cool, but they seem like very self-serving and like those are things that I know are going to happen regardless. Mm -hmm. So for me, my sole intention is to make the world a better place. Like to be the change that I want to see in the world. To use my experiences to help other people to grow, to help other people evolve,
2: you know? And and that doesn't scare you?
0: Like having that, putting that responsibility on yourself? Of course it scares you. Mm. But if your dreams aren't scaring you, they're not big enough. You know, like I'm not here to be comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, when I when I look back at, you know, my pa- my past, or I look back at things I used to do, all of that makes me uncomfortable. Watching some of that makes me uncomfortable. That's good because that lets me know I've grown to a certain space. And plus, this is a responsibility that has been bestowed upon me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like 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 God gave me this for a reason. God said, "Yo, you are the person who has these different platforms." You utilize them right, or I'm gonna take them away from you. Mm. You know, and that's honestly, when I when I look back at the times I've been fired from radio, yeah, I, I know for a fact the first time I got fired, I got fired because I wasn't using my platform right. Right. Yeah. I was wildin' yeah. in hot 98.9 <laughs> in Charleston, South Carolina. But yo, that was that was my first experience with like radio fame. Mm. You know, I was always a cool dude in the hood. I was yeah. always the class clown cool dude in school mm-hmm. when I was a younger, but when I became on, when I got on the radio, yeah. and like, you know, I remember going to do a party. At this, at this place called uh, The Nightlife in King Street, South Carolina. And like, that was the first time I saw my name on a marquee. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember me yeah. telling this you story? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, girl? this girl was yeah. like, that's the first time I ever got yeah. some groupie love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl yeah. was like, I'm going to do whatever Charlemagne the God tells me to do. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: That's a you know, crazy sentence. Bro. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that. I never experienced that. So, yo, of course you get an ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You young. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Of course you're going to bug out a little bit. You're going to feel yourself a little bit. And I feel like God took that away from me. Mm. You know, He was like, no, take that away. And I learned the lesson quick. And when I learned the lesson, that's what God does. When God knows you learn the lesson, it's almost like it's an old TV show called Guanam Leap. Y'all are probably too young for yeah, that.
2: Yeah, I'm way too young for <laughs> this
0: guy used to pop in and out of people's lives. And once he accomplished his mission for that person, mm. he would pop into somebody else's life. Okay. I and get that's that. what I feel like. I feel like I went through that stage. And once I learned my lesson, I popped into a new life. And that new life was doing radio in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, man, I just feel like I've I've always I've always been put here for a reason. I've always been put here to to deliver a message or bring people along that can deliver the message. And, you know, yeah, I just feel like I feel like that's what I'm here for right now. That's what this platform is for right now. So it does, it does scare me, but it's a it's a it's a it's a good fear. Yeah. It, it does give me anxiety, but it's a rational anxiety. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Right, how would you know that like if you say you have that responsibility, how would you know that you accomplished that responsibility?
0: I feel like I accomplish it all the time because, you know, I watch people around me grow. Mm-hmm. I watch people around me evolve, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like seeing, you know, I like pointing at somebody and being like, wow, that person became what I always thought they were going to be, you right. know what I mean? Or, like, if somebody challenges me, like, you know, you, for example, I remember when I tweeted out a few years ago, which I talk about in Shook one, you know, um, it would be dope if a woke woman of color you know, created a platform yeah. to be a voice like, you know, Tommy Lauren did. And I, and I learned so much from that experience because, you know, number one, I immediately got hit with sisters was on my ass, yeah, yeah. as they should have been. Yeah. As they should have been, you know what I mean? Because what I should have did was ask the question. I should have said, who are yeah. Yeah, you said the black and brown sisters, yeah. you know, that we could help elevate? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I should have kept Tommy Lauren's name all yeah, the way out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But I wouldn't change anything because, you know, I think everybody got the memo yeah. mm-hmm. of what I was attempting to say even though they were upset. Mm-hmm. And You gave yourself donkey today? I gave myself donkey today and I was introduced to so many, you know, dope women of color who were in that political pundit space and one of yeah. them was Angela Rye. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So whenever, you know, I get challenged on that level, you know what? Let me show you better than I could tell you. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I shouldn't have tweeted that. Tweeted that. I should have showed and proved by actions and deeds, not words and lip service. So now let me show you what I'm talking about. That's so what right. we do is now we're gonna intentionally elevate the sisters with voices and yeah. I'm not talking yeah. about Coco Taj okay you know, <laughs> okay? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah, I'm, I'm we're gonna elevate the sisters now and, and we're gonna really amplify the voices in our community you know what I'm saying yeah. and look, look what we have now yeah. I think we got a whole you know a whole era of women of color who got these very powerful voices you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and so anytime I can use my platform to help that happened? Yeah. Great. That's 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 the type of change I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, when I when when you ask me the question of, you know, how do I know when I'm doing this, that's that's what I'm talking yeah. about.
2: That's it, right? Yeah.
1: And sure. so with your book, so you said like you feel like God has put you here to deliver a message. Mm. So after people finish reading Shook Ones, and like I said, every single person listening to the podcast, checking out the podcast, then you go ahead, Amazon.com, get Shook Ones right now, go to Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books, get Shook One right now. What do you think is the main message? I know what I got from it, but out of curiosity, what what is the main message you're trying to communicate to the audience with Shook Ones?
0: I'm more interested in what message y'all got out of it. Ooh. Because, you know, <laughs> when I when I when I when I create an art piece, because that's what the that's what a book is. A book is a piece of art. Yeah. You know, it's subjective to the reader. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for me, the only thing I want people to do is be mentally healthy. Yeah. To let people know like they're not alone out here with whatever they may be experiencing. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to anxiety, when it comes to PTSD, when it comes to trauma, you know what I'm saying? When it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, low self-esteem at times, mm-hmm. insecurity at times, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when those voices in your head get in your brain and tell you that you ain't shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like that happens, mm-hmm. you know? Like I, the devil talks to you all the time. That's real. I, I'm literally riding around this weekend saying to myself, you know what? I want to cheat again. Mm. Mm.
1: What the fuck is wrong with you? you know? <laughs> like, like you know, like, it's literally like yeah. it's literally
0: the devil on one shoulder, the angel on another shoulder. Like what the fuck? That's like yeah. I, I, I said it to myself. Yeah. Like I was like, I want Chick Fil A. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I ain't got time for that shit. Like I'm not. I'm not, I'm gonna stay focused. Yeah. You know. So I just hope that you know everybody realizes there that, that everybody out here is going through something, and it's okay to seek help for whatever you may be going through yeah. mentally.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I got, and then you do what you got out of the book. Go ahead, boy. Um, For me, when I imagine you writing the book, I imagine you in a log cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) (laughs) a log cabin, cabin, like somewhere in the woods, Mm -hmm. in which, like you said, you took your life, you took everything that you went through, and you just began to process it. You began to get away from the noise. I feel like you turned your phone off. Mm. You turned the TV off. You got away from people and you began to process life. Mm. And I think that message is really powerful because a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people are afraid of the silence. And I feel like in the book, you embrace the silence to get to know who you really are, to get to know how you really feel, to get to know why you responded. And like, I, I love because it's funny because I think the first couple of years when you when you were sharing information, you would tell stories and then you would laugh. Right. And then sometimes it was like people would take your laughter like, oh, you were enabling something or you were happy about something. But it wasn't like you talk about that in the book. A lot of times your laughter was kind of your like uncomfortability. Like, Mm. man, like this, like this isn't right, you know. And so I feel like you were able throughout that whole book to be able to just really process how you feel. And I feel like a lot of people need to do that. I feel like a lot of people, like I said, they they've they've haven't spent a day without their phones. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like that's the first part. And then the second part was to be able to then get that out right i feel like therapy and writing for you is therapeutic and obviously your podcast and what you're doing the show you're able to communicate all these feelings but a lot of people keep that mug bottled in so i feel like the message that people are also going to get is people are going to start talking right i know andrew joked about it last week on brilliant idiots but he made a comment that now a lot of people are talking about you know the issues with mental health a lot of people have been mm-hmm, bringing it up yeah. and i feel like you're kind of like that first man over the hill you know who's now being like yo I wasn't okay, you know, and then you took all the hits. And now people are like, oh, it's safe to say it's not okay. Yeah. And I feel like that was, the, that was the biggest message I got from the book.
2: For sure. True. <laughs> I love that. For me, um, it's kind of crazy how you paint, paint that analogy about you being a log captain because with me recently moving to Indiana from Houston, Houston has a lot of distractions for me. And I feel like I had everything I wanted in Houston. And I never really took the time to really just examine myself in Indiana. I don't know if you've been in Indianapolis.
0: I have. I've, I've, I've flown through there. Well,
2: good. There's <laughs> really nothing there.
0: Honestly. I was there for something. I don't remember you,
2: what, though. I'll tell you, it's not, it's not much there. Um, so it gives me the opportunity to really go in and who is Christopher Jordan Beagle? Like, who is he? Um, and all, without all the distraction, really hear from God from the first time because one of my biggest fears and my biggest anxiety is being placed on this earth looking back and I'm wasting my life, you know? And I'm just always trying to figure out exactly, you know, what what where, where is my calling? You know? Like, how can I best fulfill my purpose? Mm-hmm. And the book allowed me to be okay with the space I'm in today, you know, as a 24-year-old. Like, it's okay to not know what the crap you, what, you, what you're going to do in the next 10 years. Um, so, it gives me me, also, give me the the opportunity, the the ability to be vulnerable here on this podcast because I know as other men that listen to our podcast and women as well, that they can definitely feed off of us and they can definitely see the what things what we're going through because in two years they have seen us transform in two yeah. years, and um, allowing to tell myself like it's okay to use this vehicle for change. Um, so that's what I really got from the book. It's okay to be the space you're in. and It's okay to talk it out. And just keep going, if you, even though you don't know what that looks like yet.
0: That's it. It's amazing how we can always, you know, if you if you study sports, you know that athletes, they'll watch game tape or their games yeah. and their past games to try to get better. Yeah. But human beings don't do that. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I hate this era that we live in now because, you know, social media, as my man Stephen Furtick said, social media is everybody's highlight reel. That's yeah. true. You know what I mean? You never see the shots that somebody misses. You know what I mean? You never see the shots that... You know, uh, people are afraid to take. Are they 2nd guess? You never see any of that. All you see is the shots that are going in, the slam dunks, the crossovers, all Mm -hmm. of that shit like that. And I think that that that, that unattainable picture of perfection that they're painting via social media media is bleeding into the real world now. Mm. Like, they won't even let us make mistakes no more. We can't even talk about our mistakes. We can't even talk about our past transgressions because if we do, we immediately get crucified. You know what I mean? Like, motherfuckers is really getting crucified for shit that they tweeted 15 years ago, yes, you know what yes, I'm saying? Yeah. Or did 10, 15 years, like, that shit is whack to me. You know why it's whack to me? Because you're really going to make a bunch of these young kids want to kill themselves. Mm. and I'm going to tell you why. If I'm 14 years old right now, and I already see this picture of perfection being painted on social media that we know ain't real, mm. and then in real life, nobody is sharing their past bullshit for fear that they're going to have... You know repercussions and consequences for it now. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, we're afraid to say what we used to do or how we used to think because we're going to get punished for it now. When I'm, if I'm 14 and I make that first mistake, I'm gonna think, "Well, shit, I ain't perfect. I might, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here." Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? I might do some harm to myself. Yeah, just based off all this, this picture of perfection everybody's painting that just don't even really, really fucking exist, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like me. I'm a, I am a, 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 a imperfectly perfect. Flawed, but not flawed human being. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never tried to be perfect, and I'm not gonna ever attempt to be perfect. Like, that's not what life is about. When I'm wrong, I'm gonna say I'm wrong. When I feel I'm right, I'm gonna stand by, you know, me being right. And I'm gonna always talk about my experiences. You know why? Because they're my experiences. That's all. I'm not an expert at nothing. Mm. God gave me these different experiences, and He gave me a way of being able to communicate them so other people can learn from my bullshit.
1: Mm. Period. Mm. Man, that's that's really powerful, um, man. We want to be respectful of your time, um, Char- um, Charlemagne. So, right now, I feel like people listening right now. There's this young men, there's young women who are going through pain, who are going through sh- issues. Man, it's so much. And I'm glad we we didn't get too deep into the book because I want them to actually go and read it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of people going through serious anxiety right now. They're going through serious worry. They're going through serious depression. Like, what is your message to those young, adults, young individuals, even older people right now listening to this? who are in need of help but are afraid to seek it?
0: Well, well, first of all, don't be, don't ever be afraid to get help. You know what I'm saying? I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the go-to person for a lot of people, but you know, sometimes the go-to person needs somebody to go to. Mm-hmm. And you know, as far as anxiety, man, you just have to turn that fear into fuel. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really just that simple because, you know, it's an acronym I use in the book. My homegirl, K Fox, she sent me this acronym a while ago and the acronym is acronym. for fear. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's either face everything and rise or fear everything and run. run. Yep. And you're going to do one of those two things when you're in a pressure situation. You know what I'm saying? When you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable, you either going to just say fuck it and man up and handle it, mm-hmm. or you going to haul ass. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? My whole life, excuse me, my whole life I've chosen to just man up and handle it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I've, I've I've, I've, ran in certain situations. You know what I mean? You've seen the Can I Get a Drop video. You know what I mean? Actually, <laughs> I've
1: heard you talk about it, I've never seen it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or, or I've even, seen the video. Or even just back in the day, like, knowing I owed certain people money that, that that was fronting me dope, hiding from them in the woods just because I didn't have the money and I didn't feel like that confrontation. So it's just like, yo, you, you either going, to life, in life you really have no choice, mm. but to get up, get out, and get something every day. Like, you cannot stay in bed under your covers. Trust me, if we could, I would. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the way this thing works. So sometimes, man, you just got to confront your fears. And, like, the beautiful thing about going to get help, man, is you just really can't get help until you... Until you you know, you 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 reveal some things. You know, Jay-Z said that you can't hear what you what you don't reveal. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, yo, you gotta you gotta let people know it's okay. I like, I ain't sitting there, I'm not crazy. Yeah. I don't think I am. I might be a little bit de- depending on who you ask. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I got a problem. Yeah. I'm just trying to get better. I want this right here, this brain in my head, to be as sharp as possible. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I want it to be as clutter-free as possible. Like we you know, we do spring cleaning on in our rooms and in our garages and in our basements and in our attics, but we don't never do that shit for our brains. Mm. You know, so that's just where I'm at with it. So I tell anybody out there, man, don't be afraid to seek help. Cause you you seek help for everything else. Mm. You literally got somebody out there to help you with everything else. Mm-hmm. You don't cut your own hair. No. You know what I'm saying? Like I said earlier, you don't do your own nails and feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't you don't work out yourself. Like you like you gotta you need people to push you sometime, and that's what a therapist is.
1: Mm. Yeah. Man, I love it. I love it. Anything you got to add?
2: Man, I've been educated, <laughs> you know, what I mean? informed yeah. and
1: enlightened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. most most definitely, guys. Like I said, man, really really take the heart what Charlemagne said. Like I said, guys, make sure you go ahead and get his new. Book it is out.
0: Yeah, it's called Shook, Shook One. One's. Anxiety playing tricks on me. Yeah,
1: October twenty third. This comes out on the twenty second. So th- oh yeah, man, so, so yes. it's gonna it's gonna be out when you guys, most of you guys, to listen to. So please check it out, guys. If you got a friend, check up on them, guys. Please, 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 please. please, please, please. please y'all check
0: from Houston, right? Yeah. So y'all appreciate that scarface forward.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I read I, it. I read it, and uh, it's funny because uh, we did. We were we were talking to Jay Prince a couple weeks ago, yeah. mm. and so it was just interesting, kind of like, cause in, in his book you read, you read his right. Mm-hmm. His was very similar. Like I feel like his was very similar to yours in like the unpacking the emotions and stuff like that. So I think I think that was pretty dope. He suffered from
0: very bad anxiety. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying like like and yeah. it's so funny when you get older, when you get older and you start to really realize what anxiety is, and you know you listen to, you know, Ghetto Boys Mind playing tricks on me. That's why I named the book. The the subtitle is Anxiety Playing Tricks on Me Mm because it's an ode to Mind Playing Tricks on Me because Mind Playing Tricks on Me is the greatest hip-hop record about anxiety ever Mm. to me. And, you know, Scarface was the author of a lot of that record, man. So it's like, you know, just listening to how Scarface broke down what anxiety is in that record. Like everything from the the, the hallucinations to the paranoia when Willie D's driving mm. and, you know, he's looking at his, he's, I'm looking at my rear view. I take my boys everywhere I go because I'm paranoid. Like, I'm like, yo, I know that whole fucking feeling. That's you know what I'm wax, saying?
2: Wax 270 behind <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I ain't yeah. think Wax would that be that boy. <laughs>
0: yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's just like, yo, I, I've, I've always felt those emotions. I just knew Scarface would be the perfect person yeah. to write yeah. the forward, man. And Just listening to Scarface and his take on the world from a 40-plus-year-old man's perspective. This ain't the same dude that was in the street yeah, yeah, hustling. Because yeah. when you're in the street hustling, you have that sense of paranoia, that sense of anxiety based off the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But when you grown and you good yeah, and yeah. you still have those feelings... Mm-hmm. These are the reasons why.
1: PTSD, like you talked about. PTSD, man. So,
0: yeah. Salute to Scarface for doing that forward for me.
1: So, one of the things our listeners like to do, they'd like to reach out to the people who come on the show, where can they reach out to you? Where can they find you at and all that stuff? Hit me
0: up on Instagram, at Cthagod, C-T-H-A-G-O-D. Hit me up on Twitter, at C to God, C T H A G O D. Oh,
1: it's that you know, yeah.
0: And please, man, I can't wait to see what this book shook One anxiety playing tricks on me does to the ecosystem. I can't wait to go out and have more conversations like this. And the truth be told, these conversations are still uncomfortable for me. And mm. and 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 I and I just realized that as we started to do the book press, you know what I mean, because it's easy, like you said, I'm sitting around writing and I'm getting all of these thoughts out, and you know, going to therapy. Every week talking to my therapist is helping to me helping me to be more vulnerable and really peel back layers of things I'm going through. And, you know, you're putting them on paper. That's different when you just computer, 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 typing, yeah. typing, typing, type in, send them off. You get them back. You read them to yourself. But now yeah. when they're out in the world and people are asking you to actually talk about this stuff, it's like yeah. it ain't the most comfortable feeling. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I like that because I know that if it makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm growing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's exactly. dope. So, yeah, guys, like I said, make sure you get Charlemagne's book, guys. It's about to be a really, really, really dope book and transform mm-hmm. a lot of people's lives. So, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, is your boy, Hafiz. Chris, start the show, baby. And we are joined by
0: <clears throat> Charlemagne yeah, the guy yeah. Oh, my bad. It happens, it's all, yeah, it's all, the time. It's all good. all <laughs> good.
1: And we are the roommates, guys. Make sure you share, 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 guys. Reach out to Charlemagne. Let him know what about the podcast Set up to you. Let them know when you get the book and just how much the book impacts your life, guys. You know how we get down. Thank you guys so much. We're the roommates and we're out.